welcome back, Costa. I wish people could see this, but we have a studio now. It's, it's nice, isn't it? Well, it's the first stages of a studio. Yeah, yeah. I it's, mean, it's, it's better than the ugly walls that we were confined to prior to this moment. It's painted. It's a very soothing color. It has, it has paneling. Yeah. yeah and little, little chair rails. Yeah, it's – the gray actually makes me want to go to sleep. And by the time you start talking, I probably will. <laughs> so it's funny. Now you know how I feel during your homilies. <laughs> Guys, so, I wish I wish you could really see us at mass together because his face and body posture – like his posture has gotten so extreme that I feel like he's going to sleep at any moment. It's, he's not exaggerating. I, I very well may. <laughs> I wake up for the important parts, like the consecration. But. <laughs> and I can't even think, like, as I'm preaching this two-minute reflection or three-minute reflection at Daily Mass, I know he's cooking up something better in his mind. <laughs> is that all it is, two or three minutes? Because, boy, it seems longer. <laughs> You're going through purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, uh, is going to be back. we got the school year going. It's, been, it's nice to be back and, and – actually carry through on plans. We've been all the whole world's been so disrupted and we've gradually been coming back, but this like feels like a normal year. Yeah. And we've been on retreat already. We're heading out on retreat tomorrow again out to Montauk, um, out on Long Island. And um we're it's just nice to be around the, the kids and have them in and out. Just it feels normal. And you really haven't had a normal year yet. No, I haven't. Yeah. yeah the first normal year was cut short yeah. and uh the last two were just kind of survival mm-hmm. mode. Yeah. So this one is nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So how was your weekend? It was great. Oh, good. Let me. I'll tell you about mine. <laughs> so um, one of my one of my children is a, a graduate student at the University of Southern California, and um, since I've been a child, I've, I've, I'm not a big fan of college football. I don't dislike it; it just never grabbed me. Sure. And uh, but I've always been a USC fan because of the band. I used to love to watch the band, and I would of wait course. till the halftime show, and sometimes it wouldn't show, and I would be annoyed. And but I, the, the band is just they got they got a little swag on. They're they're pretty good. And the um, so the plan was to go out, but then because of COVID, so finally this weekend got to go out to see them play um, ASU, and that was great. It was awesome to be on campus. But how, one, how many? How big is that stadium? How many seats? Well, that's the thing. That the LA Coliseum is tremendous. I, I don't know the number. I, I want to say a hundred thousand. Now it wasn't full, but the history of that building oh, is yeah. they've had Olympics, they've had a World Series, had right. the first Super Bowl, they've had World Cup. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers played there for a few years before the Dodger Stadium was built. Yeah, it's a lot. So of it, it's a very historic place, and um, I, so I got a kick out of being there. The um, and the atmosphere on campus was great. You know. I, I it would, this would you'll find this funny. He lives in an apartment a few blocks off campus, but he lives among all the Greek houses, who were <laughs> partying all weekend. <laughs> I've never felt so old in my life. Just like walking down the street, <laughs> nobody invited me to anything. And, um, but it was it was a good weekend. But in planning for this, we were trying to think of something. I flew out on Friday, something to do Friday night, and we like to go to ballparks. So we decided back in July we were going to go to an Angels game just to see the ballpark. What had happened in, in the meantime, in August, is a graduate from our school, that, had been, and we talked about him before, Logan O'Hoppy, had played in the, the Phillies organization. He got traded to the Angels. So last week around this time, we heard that Logan was getting called up, and we were going to be out there. So you couldn't have planned this better. <laughs> So I was out there with, with, with two of my sons. Another son uh, joined us, and um, we, we got to see him play. It was, it was, very, it was, it was a very cool thing. 
you know, um, and we've, we've talked about Logan before and his family. They're just the nicest people, and they are so gracious. After the game, we were right out onto the field. Uh, he came out and was talking to everybody, and it was like talking to him when he was here. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and you were, like, forgetting that you're on a major league field and there are other players walking around. That's, that is so awesome. Yeah. How did he do? He did well. He got it. He got a hit in a game, and I think today is the last game of the season. I'm not sure he's playing uh, the day we're recording this, which is on October 5th. They're in mm-hmm. Oakland right now, um, but he's done well. He's held. He's held up his own. He's actually on Twitter yesterday because the, uh, uh, and I guess in Monday's game, the pitcher tripped on the mound and threw a ball so behind the batter <laughs> that Logan looked like more like a goalie in hockey. So I, I saw that on Twitter. But it, it's it's very it, it's nice to see people succeed. It's even nicer when the people are nice yeah. and, and considerate. And I will say that for the for the whole family, they could not nice have been guy. more gracious. Really you know? nice guy. Yeah, I was very and I was very very happy for mom and dad and his sister. Yeah, you know? I mean that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they were a little amazed too. So it was a neat it was a neat experience. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I did this weekend. Yeah, no, I might have heard confessions and did last rites. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I was doing the work of the Lord while you were, yeah. you know, satisfying your pleasures. Now I'm back with you. <laughs> Crash landing. <laughs> we in in the two years we've been talking, we've we've referenced a, a series called The Chosen, and but we've never really gotten around to talking about it specifically. So the the next few episodes, what we're going to do is go over some of. The uh, episodes uh, walk with you, th- walk through them with you sequentially, uh, because season three, I, the last I heard was coming out around Christmas time. It's, yeah. it's already filmed. It's it's in the can. They just did yeah, all the, the editing to it. And if you're not familiar with it, it is it's remarkable. Um, there, there are f- most of the people I I have talked to are absolutely amazed by it. So we want to we want to tell you a little bit about the episodes, do a little bit of teaching with it to to why people are saying what they're saying, how the characters are represented because it it all it all ties together. There are there are some parts where it is significant the the attention to detail um Fantastic. Is, is phenomenal just the way the people lived, the homes that they lived in, the jobs that they did, the things that they would have been concerned about is is stunning. There are other parts that are outside the Bible that they write into the storyline, so we want to point that out too. So we yeah. don't want anyone to be confused and say, "Well, I didn't know that happened in the Bible," because some of it didn't. Right? Yeah. Where, where are they taking you know a creative license? Correct. And and where is it uh, actual mm-hmm. gospel? Yep. So you could find this. They have an app for it. It's called The Chosen. Um, and it will, I'll do a little more work. It, I'm, I'm hearing it might be on Amazon now. Is that? Did you I, hear that, or did I just make that up? Well, I'm not sure about that, but I okay. know it's on. Um, I, I know for some of you, you might be aware of Formed, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the, the app Form. It's it's kind of like Catholic Netflix. Yeah, uh, it, they they have it on there now. Um, and yeah, we you know what happened is when it first came out, it was uh, we were in the middle of the shutdown. Mm-hmm. It and, was that's so right, yeah. When you know, and that's when you were telling me you got to watch this show, you got to watch this show, and I was like, well, I don't really know you yet, so mm-hmm. I didn't really trust your opinion. And then I watched it, and that's, it helped that's me true, get through. Actually, <laughs> and then it helped me get through the show. Yeah. Then it helped me get through the the, yeah. the the lockdown. And then when season two came out, we were up to our necks here mm-hmm. uh, with so much stuff, just trying to survive uh, in the school year that. It didn't even really cross our minds to be able to uh, do something like this. So to be able to kind of prep 
for season three by rewatching yeah. the first two seasons uh, is I, it's it's fun. It's going to be fun. It is, and I, and I one of the things about it that I'm struck by it's not just good Catholic media. It's just good media. Like it's really really well yeah. done, yeah. and the. Um, the the way they they, they portray the, the the people in it, particularly Jesus, are is so appealing, and it, it's hard if you think about it. It's hard to tell a story that everyone knows the ending. I remember seeing the movie Captain Phillips about yeah. you know, and I thought they did a re- this is just my opinion. They did, did a remarkable job with that movie because everyone knows how the story came out. He got rescued right. and everything, but they still told it in such a way. This is this is a similar type thing. We all know how the story ends, right. you know, uh, but to do it in a way that is captivating and so many times it's moving. Yeah, you know, where you're trying to fight back to tears, things to things that you've heard a million times, but suddenly it just become more real. Yeah, what a gift. Yeah, I mean, I was I'm rewatching uh, the episodes, and uh, we'll talk about one of these episodes, one of these parts in a minute, one of these moments. And uh, I'm on the elliptical. I'm getting. I'm <laughs> trying to get my cardio in, and that that moment happened that we'll talk about in a little bit. And I was like, I started crying. I was like, this is ridiculous. I almost fell off the elliptical. <laughs> <laughs> So again, I would probably the easiest way is just you know find the app on on the chosen. You can be on your phone, your computer, on your smart TV, and then I'll do a little research. And there's a, I think it's on Peacock TV. And I'm I'll be honest, with you, I'm not even totally sure what Peacock TV is, but it's <laughs> there's so many things out there now. It's got confusing. But the first episode is interesting because it's it's probably the episode. It does so much of the setting of who you're going to see later. Jesus only comes in near the end. Yeah. But it's it's really the story of Mary Magdalene, and it's a little um, not clear in the beginning because she goes by the name of Lilith, and um, I don't think there's any biblical uh, reference to that. I think that's just right. something that they wrote in. Um, but she it, it begins with every almost every episode begins with something that precedes the time they're doing it. So this was when she was a little girl, and she's praying with her father, and it's very sweet. And um, she loved her father very much, and her father helped her pray. And later on, in other subsequent episodes, we find out it's a significant part that that Mary uh, that her father taught Mary to read and write. Very unusual for a female to be able to do that, right? right. Um, but her father dies. And and we don't know what happens afterwards, but we do know through flashbacks that she was sexually assaulted by a Roman. And again, there's no biblical basis for that, but this is how they're building the story. Right. And she has demons you know, that are possessing her and causing her to be violent. Right. And and then to also act in a very promiscuous uh, way as, as well. You know, her, her whole story is... Um, uh, you know, you, you kind of get all of that through the context of, uh, you know, of, of the subtleties of some of the encounters that she has with some of the men in the in the first uh, episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, our Lord doesn't even encounter her like it, the way they kind of set it up. And there is no explanation. I mean, there is no uh, uh, there, there is no. Uh, there's nothing written in the in the Bible in the scriptures about her meeting the, the the Pharisee Nicodemus, but the way they kind of set up Nicodemus's storyline that who is in the scriptures is that he is this prolific Pharisee, uh, highly educated, very well respected. He's revered. They call him the Pharisee of Pharisees yeah. as he's visiting Capernaum, and, and he's in Capernaum, and uh, the Romans come to to essentially. Tell, tell him to do his job and perform mm-hmm. an exorcism because yep. 
Mary Magdalene at this at this point, really his name is Lilith, is creating a disturbance in in probably the worst quarter, the red quarter, the red like, quarter, right? You know, uh, the worst quarter of uh, Capernaum. And it's interesting, Nicodemus and the other Pharisees didn't even want to go to the red quarter. You know, right. the Romans kind of forced them. And and to take one half step backwards as we're progressing through the story, they do a very good job of really portraying the Roman occupation, how mm-hmm. brutal the Romans were. They, they called the Jews dogs. Yeah. You know, um, and they um, they they had no rights, and and they pretty much just when Nicodemus is saying I'm doing this as a favor, the guy's like humoring him. It's like, yo, please, you're going to do this because we're telling you to do this. Right. And it introduces Quintus. Now, Quintus is not a historical character. He is the the head Roman in C- Capernaum at the time, um, and he is he comes to play later on. You know, but you, we're, we're introduced to Quintus um, as well. The, the other backstory going on before we finish the story of Mary is the introduction of Peter. So uh, we meet Peter, we meet, um, we meet his brother. And, Which and we, is like one of my favorite moments. When they're wrestling? introduction. When they're yeah. wrestling or fighting? Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with John. Yeah. Right? He's, yeah, he's fighting, he's, he's fighting essentially the Apostle John yeah. and James. <laughs> and, um, and, it, and they're betting money and everything. But we, we also meet uh, Peter's wife, Eden. Now, we do mm. know Peter was married. I don't think she had the name Eden uh, in, in the Bible. But it's, it's really a very beautiful marriage. And I've showed this to my students, and that's one of the things that they've noticed, too, the affection of Peter towards Eden. So it's a pretty cool episode, uh, yeah. a pretty cool model for marriage. You yeah, know, that you often don't yeah. get in biblical stuff because most of the people are, you know, single and I, or celibate. I love how, like, it's, it's, a, it's a brief moment. Uh, there, there were the there's a whole group of guys they're they're betting you know they're mm-hmm. they're betting in a fight right peter versus i think it's john right it's it, no you know what it is it's, it's eden's brothers oh it's eden's brothers that's right i'm yep. sorry cuz they're annoyed uh, with him because he's married and he right. said he said nothing you're going to do is going to get me to not marry your sister a, they think he's a terrible husband exactly yeah <laughs> so it's this great like in uh you know storyline that they kind of crafted to say like oh we hate him because he's our brother-in-law yep. we don't think he's good enough for our sister right. and at the same time he's trying to swindle them for cash so we yeah. can pay off his taxes exactly it's hysterical yep. and and the the, the storyline with peter and again this is one of the things and I, i've read many commentaries on this and it's probably the thing that is most unbelievable and and we wouldn't want to say that that it's true is that so it was illegal to do anything on Shabbat, anything on the Sabbath, right? right? Um, according to this, there were Jewish fishermen going out, uh, catching, because there'd be less people fishing, you catch more fish, and you sell them, and you could pay your taxes to the Romans. Peter starts turning them in, uh, turning yeah. in his, his, fellow, uh, his fellow Jews, and it becomes a real source of conflict. It, from, from what I've read, it seems very unlikely that anyone would ever do that. Shabbat was taken so seriously. But it is the backstory that's underlying everything. So when you hear us refer to that, uh, please know there's, there's no biblical um, you know, fact for that. Right. And I think part of that, the beauty of this series is that when they take creative license, uh, they do it to really enhance uh, the storyline to, to really flush out uh, the real drama that is going on in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so like the, this whole issue with fishing on Shabbat and Peter wanting to turn guys in his own brother, you know, uh, Jews uh, is because he has a problem. He has to pay his taxes yes. and he's not catching any fish. Mm-hmm. To be able to flush out and put some depth to his plight, right? Uh, so that 
we have that moment where our Lord meets him. Yep. So all this is going in the background, then back to this red quarter where the, where the Romans take Nicodemus to heal Mary. So he goes in and says a few prayers, um, and they leave. And they kind of leave hurriedly, hurriedly, because Mary is not cured. Uh, or, or so, well, she wasn't at that point. No. And the, the, the old Mary keeps falling further into despondency. Um, she doesn't harm anybody. She's a good person when she's not possessed by the demons. But, um, and, and one of the characters said that, you know, just leave her alone. She's fine until the demons start. Um, but she, um, th- there's, a, there's a bar in the scene, which is really interesting. And I don't know if you've noticed that um, she's so, well, first of all, Mary starts giving away her possessions. She ruins the doll that her dad had gave her. She'd been clutching onto that doll that in it had uh, the, the, uh, the, the, um, the passage from Isaiah 43. Yeah. And she, she kind of throws that away. And she, the, the bar, every time someone goes in a bar, it's, it's like a secret thing. I would almost picture how it would be during Prohibition in the United States. Like you have to have a password or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's in there. <clears throat> And um, she's being bothered by guys who think she's a you know piece of trash, but but they want her. Suddenly, and and this is where I thought this was so well done. Jesus just appears. Yeah. You know, and all you see is his arm, his hand grabbing her arm or holding her arm, and she looks up like, oh, another one, and it's him. Mm. We don't know how he enters. Right. You know, he just yeah. he just appears, and I and I that is so. The way I think all of us would say when Jesus has been with us, it's like, we don't know he's coming. Right. He's like, here, how do you get through? How do you get through not only the door, but the sin of our lives, the bad decisions we've made in our lives? How does Jesus get through? Well, he's there, you know, when yeah. we need him most. Yeah. Yeah. And I really love how they introduced him because she's essentially ready to just get, you know, drunk. She's get ready to get hammered. Because she wants to end her life. She, she had to, tried it before, yeah, but the Holy she Spirit is appeared. Completely hopeless by right. the end of this. Mm-hmm. Her giving away the the doll that her father had made as a as a child, and it, ripping up the the scroll of a that had Isaiah's um, uh, passage on it, uh, for her was the end of all hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was just going to get drunk enough to be able to kill herself. Yep. Essentially, that's that's what they really point to in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, once again, this is creative license. We have no idea. Right. Um, and then right before she takes the, before she's about to grab the cup for the first drink, mm-hmm. you know, that's when he appears and yep. puts his hand on hers and, um, and, and her, his glance alone, yeah, like shakes her. Yeah. Uh, and she's remembering that the, that we keep referring to Isaiah 43, which, which reads, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So she runs out. He follows her. And he calls her back. He says, Mary. And and her cup, the cup just drops and shatters on the ground. Nobody has called her by that for years. That's her name. She's been known as Lilith for so long. And she knows this Isaiah passage. And now suddenly here he is calling her by name. And he says, you are mine. It's very, it's a remarkable scene. That's when I almost fell off the ellipse. Yes, ellipical. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's beautiful because like you could almost tell like artistically the way they did it, that he is performing the exorcism. Yes. It, it is an exorcism just by speaking the truth to her. Yeah. And seeing her, he and sees seeing her. seeing her. Yeah. yeah. For that little girl. 
you know, that, that she is. I, I, we talked about this recently, um, Father Greg Boyle from, uh, the, um, from Los Angeles, the, um, I just lost a, the group he's with, but he works with gang members. And, um, he said, homeboys, homeboys thank you. Right. And he said that the, uh, the, the homeboys, they used to be in watch. They're not used to being seen. Yeah. And I'm sure that's how Mary felt because everybody knew her. There's the crazy one. Watch yeah. out for her. But now he sees her and because yeah. he knows her name. And yeah. that's what we want. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a beautiful episode that that uh, that really kind of Mary ends up being almost the main character. Yeah. In in this first episode and is a is so pivotal mm-hmm. the way that they write her storyline into uh, this journey. Yeah. Yeah. So we one of the themes at the school this year is is walk on water, and we, we're relating a lot of stuff to that. So I know you had some ideas about uh, the um, the 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 times where we lose hope, as Peter lost hope yeah. in 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 the in the gospel, and and they're, and they're numerous throughout this episode and other episodes as well. Yeah. So so like yeah, the the theme this theme of of, of walking on water uh, is the thing that we're just going to hammer home that that passage from uh, Saint Matthew's Gospel, uh, where Jesus appears to the apostles in the middle of the night on the sea, uh, on in the storm, and and then Peter says, "If that's you really you, call me out into the water and I'll walk to you," and Jesus says, "Come," and he starts walking. And then all of a sudden he starts sinking. Once he realizes the storm around him, he starts sinking. Uh, and then Christ pulls him by the hand when he's sinking and, and brings him back into the boat and the storm is gone. And I, I think when we when we kind of examine deeply that passage in our own lives, like I think the first thing we have to understand is like what are those – what are the storms that distract us from looking – at Christ mm-hmm. and keeping ourselves focused, our, like our faith focused on on Him uh, in our life. And, and what are those things that, once they distract our attention from our Lord, that start to really pull us into sinking and, and consuming us into despair and to darkness? Um, and, and I think I think the first episode is really it does a really good job mm-hmm. of pointing out like the financial storm mm-hmm. that is hitting. Peter and Andrew, they're, right. they're overcome. You they worry about losing their house, losing, going to jail. Exactly. Yep. Sleeping on the street, yep. not being able to provide for their families. Peter's worried about losing Eden. Like he's right. in love with his wife. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like you see the weight of that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you, you know, you see the, the struggle with for Nicodemus as after he cannot perform the exorcism, this man who's supposed to be able to do this. Yeah. For him to see the darkness in her, in in Mary Magdalene's uh, disposition. And and the faith part for Nicodemus, I think, is interesting because the historical part that is so important, because we see Nicodemus turn up later in John's Gospel, and and they film it beautifully later on in the season, is that the the Pharisees um, tended to be very rigid in, in their interpretation of law. Nicodemus seemed to not be like that. He he took the law, the Mosaic law, incredibly serious, but Almost but very not progressive in the way that yeah yeah absolutely. And he he begins to have these stirrings that I wonder if the Messiah is not what we thought. So the mm. the Jewish understanding of, of the Messiah is that it would be someone like King David on a white horse coming with an army to get rid of their right. their in this case the Romans right. Mm-hmm. 
And Nicodemus begins to have the idea, what if we're not seeing the whole picture? He knows something is going on. He can't put his finger on it. But what if we're not seeing the whole picture? And what if this could be more beautiful than we can imagine? And I love that line. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I think you you do well to speak to the faith element. That's hard to believe something different than everybody else believes, right? You know, and yeah. and his in his journey of faith, trying to figure that out, and and the story as the series progresses, it speaks about that. His, yeah. you know, it's it's really Nicodemus's invitation to walk on water, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you know, obviously, as we've been talking about, like Mary Magdalene losing all hope here. Uh, you know, being overcome by the total despair and discouragement of not being able to conquer this battle on her own. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, as time, like in the in this passage, just to be able to, just in this episode, being able to see in this passage lived out, um, uh, you know, Mary Magdalene experiencing. Christ saving her from complete despair, sinking into the into mm-hmm. the storm, you know, in, in beneath the waves, and it, like where that exorcism takes place. Yeah. Uh, but like as the con- as the conclusion of like as the episode concludes, you can understand that Jesus had been you know that that Jesus had been extending his hand to her the entire time mm-hmm. since she was a kid, uh, being able like her father the the the, me- the memory of hope. Yeah. That she was holding on to, even in the midst of all that darkness, you know, after the possession and, you know, and the sexual abuse that she took on from, you know, in, in the storyline here, from the Roman soldier, that anytime she went, anytime she went back to that doll and pill, pulled out the scroll, mm-hmm. that she was filled, like that was Christ extending his hand yep. in hope. To say I'm I'm here, and it kept her head above water. Kept it kept her head yeah. above water until he literally did it, right? You know, by performing the exorcism. So I thought it was, I thought there were a lot of correlations to that passage, yep. and we'll try to pull that out uh, throughout every episode if we can, mm-hmm. uh, every here and there uh, of where that where the theme for our school year and. Uh, lines up with the, yeah. with the chosen. Yeah. So we'd really encourage you to to watch the series yourself, and um, I, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. It's probably one of the better the better things you can do. And some of these episodes, I'm sure like you, I've watched three or four times, and you tend yeah. to get something more out of it Yeah. each time. You, yeah, you exactly. hear it a different way, you see it a different way. Yeah. So we'll be back um, very soon with our... Um, I want to call it a review because I don't really what we're doing analysis and um, interpretation of, sure. of episode two. Sure. All right. God bless, guys. Take care.